1: The world outside your window may not be great, but here on Post Show Recaps, everything is low-key fantastic. To be honest with you, everything's low-key super. We're talking low-key on Everything is Super. Diving into Loki, brand new Marvel Cinematic Universe series on Disney+, Plus. talking Season 1, Episode 1, glorious purpose. I'm Josh Wigler. I am joined here by a man who lives to hurt people. Kevin Mahadeo, why do you love to inflict pain, Kevin? I'm
0: just a mischievous scamp, Josh. That's my nature. I'm a mischievous scamp. I don't hurt people. I mean, well, that's not true. But it's all in the name of mischief. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's actually to hide your pain. How dare you psychoanalyze me? Are you my Owen Wilson? Where's your mustache, Josh? Where's your mustache? Hey,
1: it's me. It's me. I'm Morbius. <laughs> it's,
0: oh, you look really nice. I'm always looking up to you. Uh, I, I messed up my impression. But, like, that was such an
1: Owen Wilson it's moment. me, Morbius. <laughs> Don't you love my suit? Here, have a soda. It has a
0: real good color on me, don't you think?
1: It's, it's, Let's just a take variety. a look. How terrified would you be if I showed up in a suit with a remote control that caused you to always come back to me every single time you tried to break away and I just showed you how your life was supposed to be? Because clearly you're off the path. I'm,
0: I'm so off the path, Josh. Whatever whatever plans have been made for me, I break them of my own free will. Uh, but also, even, even more important, Joshua, even more important than owen wilson's mustache even more important than loki himself i think it's safe for us to say after this first episode mephisto confirmed right mephisto confirmed
2: as we have
0: seen in this episode uh the point towards the stained glass window that that little boy in 1548 made
1: very clearly mephisto I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Is this what's going to happen every <laughs> single time we talk about a Marvel show anymore? That we gotta talk about the devil, the Marvel devil, the Mephisto factor? Is this how it's always going to be until Mephisto shows up? Because this is fresh hell and I feel like I am in a time loop. I can't do this. Are you serious? Is there, are we, a, we'll get into it. Let's put a pin in this for a second and re unpin it. In a moment. This is Everything is Super. This is the post-show recap superhero space. We talk about superheroes, predominantly the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because it's so pervasive. We're going to be talking about Loki week to week already did a preview show. Check that out if you have not done so. This is the podcast where we're talking about season one, episode one. Obviously, do not listen until you have watched season one, episode one, unless you're not going to watch it and you just want to hear a podcast about it and stay. Stay with us. You want to be here. No magic allowed. Only spoilers for season one, episode one, recapping this series premiere. If you want to get in deeper into the conversation, you can send us feedback, which we will get into at the end of this podcast. You can send that to both Kevin and I, Josh at PostShowRecaps.com, Kevin at PostShowRecaps.com, or Super at PostShowRecaps.com. You can tweet at us. I'm at Round Howard. He's at Kev Mahadeo. Or if you want to go even deeper. You can become a patron of Post Show Recaps, patreon.com slash Recaps. At that $10 level, we've got the Discord, one of the best communities on the internet where people are talking and live blogging Loki as they are watching it with copious spoiler text to protect everybody. The spoiler etiquette in the Discord is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, But if you want like a really good group of people to watch this show with as new episodes are dropping on Wednesdays, that's your crew. Consider signing up. patreon.com. Slash post show recaps. Kevin, and I also really quickly before we get into it. I think it is important. Uh, nay, I think it is critical that we take time now to thank our sponsors for this episode of Post Show Recaps. Those are our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too. Because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com today, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico Easy. Visit Geico.com. That's Geico.com. Now, Kevin. Are people really, like, in Mephisto mode? Is this real, or are you just messing with me?
0: Uh, Am I messing with you? Yes, because I'm not in that mode. Are people probably guessing Mephisto? Oh, 100%. Like, it's become, I mean, I think you're right, though. It's become a gag slash joke. But, like, Marvel's brought this on themselves at this point. I mean,
1: it's hard to, like,
0: it's hard. I mean, I don't like it. But it's hard to also not blame people for turning this into a joke, considering everything that happened with WandaVision, everything that, you know, the joke that became in Falcon and Winter Soldier, to now literally showing a stained glass of the devil in this series.
1: (laughs) It's not something that I'm up for doing. Uh, Maybe maybe if more evidence mounts up, but if we're really talking about Mephisto, who for those who don't know, is effectively Satan in Marvel, uh, effectively, let's triple underline that, um Just because of a stained glass window, I will throw up. I will puke. uh I will actually lose. I wish my it lunch. was like
0: I could send you a link immediately, and you're just like, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> like I send you a link where it's just like top five reasons Mephisto is confirmed
1: for Loki. <laughs> well, what gets me mad about it is that this show is very clear about who the villain is. It's Loki, at least a Loki, a
0: Loki, a Loki. I mean, A-Loki. I do have theories there, certainly. Great. um that I That's think are more great. fun,
1: but. Mephisto yeah, should you know, not be a theory. I don't
0: want, I at this point I don't like, even want Mephisto.
1: But I'm I'm very heartened in this episode watching this episode of an MCU show where like I feel like the mystery is is shame on me but for what I'm about to say. Relatively straightforward. Shame on you uh, for what you just yeah. said. Relatively straightforward. Loki the
0: worst thing you saw on the podcast.
1: <laughs> Loki Loki is the villain, or at least Owen Wilson, as Mobius, is telling Loki, I'm looking for you. Uh, there is a version of Loki that appears to be murdering members of the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. We'll talk all about the TVA for sure. Uh, but we see like a hooded, shadowed individual, who we assume to be a version of Loki, is committing a crime uh, against these people, is murdering them in a field, setting them on fire. Um, so I feel like the mystery isn't who is that? It's Loki. It's just like, what version of Loki is it, is is the bigger question. Um, who is playing this version of Loki? There are a couple of actors who have been announced or at least reported in trades and stuff um, that for your sake, Kevin, because I know you're really spoiler-verse, I'm not going to mention, but I certainly have a suspicion as to who the actor is in The Hood by the end of the episode. Um, but the question is less about, like, who is that? That's Loki. Uh, it's a, another Loki variant. How is that possible? Is it a future version of our Loki variant? I
0: mean, the question is, uh, why is that, right? Like, why is yes, this Loki? How, correct. Like, wh- why does this version want to kill the TVA? Right. Uh, it's a lot right. of whys, no, so, not so much as who's.
1: How did we get here, is the yeah. question, right? Like, the mystery is... How do we get to a point where Loki is assassinating time cops? Uh, <laughs> Jean, all the Jean-Claude so like,
0: Van Damme. He's, he's murdering uh, the, every the, single Jean-Claude Van Damme
1: yeah, across just reality. Put these two Lokis in the same room and they will, like, merge into one sort of, like, time uh, aura blob yes. and melt on the floor, Ron Silver style. <laughs> um, but I, I think, like... That is a, this is an appropriately sized mystery that I'm I'm happy about. um But like, if we're living in the world where we're theorizing, well, actually, I think that that Loki is going to turn out to be the devil. I'm like, I'm going to puke. Was
0: that Nicholas Cage making that theory? Because for a moment, I, don't know, you I kind de- of was like,
1: if that turns out to be <laughs> the devil, I'm going to puke, which is appropriate for Ghost Rider. No Owen Wilson. Uh, wow, that's actually the devil. well Wow, oh my God. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm 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 actually a fan. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) uh uh like i'll puke i'll puke i don't think that that's where we're going i think that two marvel shows shame on us if we really think mephisto is showing up so uh let's just say it's some future loki that we'll have to we'll have to get into and that should be pretty cool some floki um kevin we just got really in the weeds pretty quick let's give the broader picture we've got one episode about 45 ish minutes you know 50 plus if you're counting credits um of loki under our belts so far um you are you are really fresh off of having watched it um hopping onto the podcast right now um tell me what you're thinking uh there's a lot of stuff i really like this episode was i think
0: a little more dramatic and character driven than i probably expected um but i'm okay with that i do i'm hoping they up the comedy because like tom hiddleston really was showcasing his range here and i think the drama moments were really powerful i think having you know, him looking at that that image of, of his mom, I think flashing throughout his history, he got a real great chance to show range. But those moments where he does the comedy stuff, just like his delivery, like he's just like, I was getting up for dramatic effect. Like, you know, well, now I don't want to do it because, like, those moments made me laugh a lot. And I hope that we get more of those as time goes on, right? Like, of course, the pilot kind of has to really set the stakes, set the tone. Um, and I liked all of that. I really enjoyed the TVA stuff, even though I've Definitely 100% seen the uh, bureaucracy of, like, um, uh, a, you know, intangible organization. Like, think of Beetlejuice and the afterlife, right? Like, that sort of bureaucracy. Think of, like, Dead Like Me. It's usually the afterlife. It's very much like that. The the bureaucratic idea of of these higher powers. uh, I've seen before, but I still really liked in this. It's still amusing to me, right? It's still really funny to me to see the actor who plays Pillboy from... The Good Place as, like, the receptionist and mailman. Like, that cracked me up. I loved it. Um, Casey. Casey, that's right, a.k.a. Pillboy. Who doesn't know what a fish is. Does not. I mean, why would he? He just spends his life behind a desk.
1: So funny how Loki's telling, him, I'm going to gut you like a fish, uh, classic scream reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Casey, uh, again, classic scream reference, uh, is going around telling other, uh, people who work at the TVA, And then he told me he would turn me into a yes. fish. And I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's really great. I mean, a lot of those beats I really enjoyed.
0: Um, I loved the little video, right? Of like the history of the TVA, which, uh, made me laugh though, Josh, because the the history of the TVA and, and the multiverse, quote unquote, of Marvel, just basically straight ripped off of DC Comics. Like I, we joked before, how Marvel beat DC to the punch by by pulling out Thanos before they could do Dark Side. They are. They- they stole Crisis on Infinite Earths, one of the most famous DC events in history, and just basically presented it here as like, this is what happened to Marvel. And I'm just like, wow. Wow. It, the the ghost ass there... on you. Wow.
1: <laughs> is there is there no similar precedent in Marvel Comics as to what we come to find out that like, uh, there were multiple timelines, there was a multiversal war, the multiverses competed, they collided and were turned into a single sacred timeline by the three time keepers uh the keepers of time no not not um, to this
0: extent i mean someone might come check me
1: right now and be like
0: well it, recently they did x y and z but like marvel has had like a multiverse and like what ifs and, and and parallel universes for quite some time and they haven't like coalesced into one reality i mean maybe they did recently in like uh what was that secret wars or something like that you know so again a, a recent thing but it wasn't like this um, that premise, the idea is like there used to be all these different realities and the realities went to war with each other. And like there was a force that was threatening to wipe out all of the you know, reality. And so then one timeline was created and there are quote unquote timekeepers, which for DC, they're called monitors uh, that like, you know, make sure that the timelines are working. It's just straight-up Crisis on Infinite Earth. Like, that entire premise, that entire setup, that entire idea is just straight-up what DC did when they did away at the multiverse in 1984 to 85 um, and rebooted their their new timeline. Uh, so that was very amusing to me. Uh, I'm not going to hate. If DC wants to drag its heels doing stuff, then uh, Marvel's got it. Um, but, like, I, di- I did find it funny. The timekeepers are basically the monitors. The idea of the the, the three-do, the, 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 those three faces you saw, Behind the uh, the judge, right? Who was um uh, sent- about the sentence Loki? That's from Marvel. The Living Tribunal is like a real thing in Marvel. So I'll, I'll give them that. They have something that's theirs.
1: Cool. Um. Yeah. Great. Uh, that's uh, Gugu mbatha ra is playing uh, Ravana Renslayer, Um. Our old friend from Lovecraft yeah. Country. <laughs> I was like, oh, And another like uh, timey
0: wimey story. Because if you heard yes. Lovecraft Country, one of the best episodes was uh you know about time travel and stuff like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Hunter B15 is who she's playing. So like just in addition to Owen Wilson, there are uh there's a lot of talent um on screen here and yeah, that's Eugene Cordero as Casey, who is a breakout character so far. Um it's interesting. I think there are some buzzwords in this. First of all, you hear the word nexus mm-hmm. uh, in in that like backstory video about the TVA, which connects to WandaVision. You do hear about how if the sacred timeline is broken, um, it would be uh, madness uh, in, in the multiverse. Yeah, I, I cracked up on that. So they're definitely like doing like Easter eggy type stuff. For Doctor Strange. So, like, you can see how Loki is plugging into the greater MCU's interaction with multiple timelines. Um, and I am starting to suspect that we will see, like, direct ramifications from Loki felt in in Doctor Strange. Obviously the it's going to be overt with Wanda being uh, going from WandaVision to Doctor Strange 2. Um, but I I am anticipating that certain events here and maybe even some of the things that like this variant Loki is trying to pull off could uh, have uh, a real role to play in in the next dr strange movie um but you know this is a setup episode it's an origin episode they have to do a lot of resetting as well of the table which has
0: happened a few times it, i keep resetting the
1: timelines in, in this episode as well the tva You know, it's a little it's it's obviously a little complicated for the casual viewer who hasn't like watched a ton of the MCU or just like gets lost in some of the nitty gritty because didn't Loki die in Infinity War? But oh, yeah, what about Loki in Endgame? He escaped. So like you have to establish like that's a different version of the character. The version that we are following in this show is a guy who's fresh off of the Battle of New York. And what is that guy going to be like? You expect he's kind of going to be a jerk. So the Loki we're left with for much of this episode is just like that jerk who's like hot on the heels of, uh, you know, trying to conquer Midgard, uh, trying to take over the world Rita Repulsa style. Uh, And he's just like a total turd. And he does get to like sit for like the magic slideshow that shows him what his life is supposed to be like, that his actions lead to his mother dying. That Odin dies; that he himself dies um, after, like, finding uh, redemption with his brother by not being a cruel terror, but actually, like, you know, standing alongside his brother and letting his brother's belief in himself empower him. And so, the Loki at the end of the episode. He he still has to, like, get some rage out after all of that, like, the way that he's torturing uh, Hunter B-15 by, like, resetting the, the time travel device on her and just, like, making her go, stop and start, which was really kind of nightmarish to watch. Um, that he still has that capacity, but by the end of the episode, he seems at least ready to play ball- with Mobius who's the TVA agent played by Owen Wilson who wants to team up with Loki effectively to to catch a Loki you must enlist a Loki um are we fools to trust that Loki is like uh ready to legitimately like play ball and try a new tact seeing that like his plans were not going to work out the way he wanted them to or do you think that this first episode like effectively moved him closer to like, a version of where we leave him at the end of Ragnarok's start of Infinity War? Like, are we closer to, like, heroic capacity for this character? I
0: feel like I'm, I'm going to go with the fool's route, and I feel like Marvel themselves would be foolish to try and say that this was enough. I think, um, you know, we talked about this during our preview show. We thought, We talked about the idea of, like, does this Loki get the memories or see what happens to him? And what does that do? I was kind of hoping that they didn't for, for reasons that I talked about there, but they did. So sure. Um, and I'm fine with it. Okay. Uh, but I think the jump from this is who you were to just seeing what happens to you to make you be a better person. I don't think is, is fully right. I, I think this Loki didn't live those moments. He saw them. And I think there's a big difference between seeing moments versus living them. Like, could this have twisted him maybe a little bit more towards good? Maybe, but I part of me feels like. This is a Loki who has a bit of an ego, who had to get ego checked that he isn't, you know, extremely dangerous to the timeline. He's just a normal, you know, uh, what did he do, like a kitty cat or whatever. Um, So this is, I think, could be an easy way to actually have his motivation be, I'm going to stop Thanos myself. Like, I'm going to kill him and take his place and become the person who wields the Infinity Stones. I think you have an equal chance of that being this Loki's mindset than oh i'm i'm immediately a better person now i think that could be really interesting you know you had thanos who saw his future and sure enough also pivoted in turn but in a in a villainous way so we think there's a, a possibility here that this has made this version of loki possibly worse even which i think could be interesting to see i really hope it isn't just oh i'm a good person now you showed you literally showed me the error of my ways you know
1: Well, we got to figure out how we're going to get to a a Loki that's hunting and killing the TVA. And, you know, either that is a Loki that branched off of the timeline at another point in time, or it's potentially a future version of this Loki, right? Uh, It could be like Tom Hiddleston's Loki variant that we're following here in the show has, uh, has plans to strike against the TVA and is going to someday, like, cause uh, carnage um, from from this moment forward. Like, maybe the reason they don't know how to, like, source this variant Loki, who's like the, I guess let's call it evil Loki or killer Loki, is probably, like, the easy way to do it right now. Because, like, this is the moment where killer Loki is basically born. Um, That being said... The time travel rules of the MCU are not, like, lost. It's not whatever happened, happened. It is, like, splinter reality stuff. So there isn't, like, necessarily, like, inevitability stuff that we are dealing with here that, like, one Loki begets another.
0: Correct. So, like, they're already introducing the idea that when something diverges, it creates an alternate reality until they, the time variance authority, goes and fixes those um, problems, you know, fixes, right, what once went wrong. Uh, quantum leap style uh, that variant can still exist in rome and do mischief and it seems that could be the case here i think it's this is this is dangerous territory that we're about to walk into because you know my feelings after wandavision and falcon the dangers of theorizing in, in in the marvel universe because you can get your heart broken so i'm not committing too much to this idea but just on general thoughts i feel like there's a reason the face of that person wasn't shown. If it was just a future version of Tom Hiddleston, I feel like they would have shown it. Like, why keep that person under a hood? So I feel like the reveal is going to be something. My running theory is that um, it's the Lady Loki. Um, Mm -hmm. It could be under that hood, uh, because I also think we saw Kid Loki this episode. Um-
1: Yeah, so uh, let's talk that through. The first scene that we see Owen Wilson as Mobius Mobius in. Um, he is uh, he's traveled back in in time. Uh, and we see him, uh, this is like where we see the stained glass window with Mephisto. Uh, and uh, <laughs> not actually. Uh, and there's this kid who's got like the, the blue stained mouth. Uh, he's been eating booberry gum or whatever the heck he's eating. Um, and he seems innocent enough. Uh, you know, Mobius has, like, a pretty, like, kind interaction with this kid. But we're probably fools for not just automatically assuming that's Loki. Oh, Because there's a very, like, very, very, like, good canonical kid Loki uh, in Marvel Comics that, like, uh, foundational to Young Avengers. God, imagine we're going to get a... If we're already now in the territory of multiple Lokis, which this episode establishes, God, imagine Kid Loki is coming. You don't think that this kid is Kid Loki? That's not the one
0: I thought. I thought Kid Loki was the long, lo- black, long-haired, like, black-haired, long, long-black-haired kid that we saw that was giving a lot of lip and loved to talk and was given mischief uh, in line. When Loki first shows up at the TVA, you have this kid in this background who's talking about, do you know who my dad is? And all this other stuff. And he eventually gets, like, hit with the vaporizer ray. We don't know exactly what that thing fully, fully does. But I was like, I think that's kid Loki. Uh, I think that was a version of Loki. It's like that teenage was, the teenage Loki, Loki right? I guess is, is, is the best way to put it. A younger Loki, um, I thought, was that kid. And I think that, that, that could be interesting to see play out later if it does.
1: Uh, what if what if we have uh, what if we have interacted with multiple Loki already <laughs> in this episode? Uh, so you've got you've got variant Loki in Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Um, you potentially have teenage Loki in the form of that dude on the line. You potentially have young Loki, like kid Loki, in the, in the form in the of church. this kid in the church. Yep. You have like future killer Loki in the hood. Potential um, lady
0: Loki as well.
1: And you could have Lady Loki could be the voice of Miss Minutes, <laughs> the, the mascot of the TVA. Uh, well, I looked that up, by the way. Uh, we looked it up while we were
0: watching, and it is Tara Strong, uh, famously, who currently voices Harley Quinn in some of the DC animated stuff. So another DC Tara connection. Strong
1: is like... Tara Strong is like a living legend yep. uh, as far as uh, voice acting Correct. is concerned. Just like one of the most prolific, uh, talented, exceptional voice actors um, uh, of of the modern era. So uh, cool! Cool to see her as Miss Minutes in this. Uh, that whole cartoon sequence was really, loved really it. fun. Just like Absolutely very classic. Loved it. I just kept waiting for Mr. Owl to uh, to eat a, a tootsie roll. Pop. I expected some fallout uh, happening. <laughs> yeah, like I just kept, I just kept expecting all these different things. Um, but I, I bet I bet we go back to this episode um, by the end of the series, and there's like a lot of like hiding in plain sight, secret Loki type stuff.
0: I think so, and I kind of hope so. Right? There's just there's so much mischief to be had in this series premise. And I'm hoping we get a little more of that as we move on. Again, I really love this episode. It was very fun. It hooks me. Um, but I definitely want that mischief. I think it's necessary to do an episode like this that is a pilot that kicks you into the the world, introduces you to a lot of concepts at once, but then can really like go wild with it, right? Like go, go ham with the concept that they have presented. Uh, and that's what I assume some future stuff is going to be. I mean, now we also have... The idea of Loki hunting down another Loki, an evil version. So does that involve, you know, going to different time periods? Does that involve going to different worlds? What is that? What does that mean? And I think we're going to find out in future episodes. And it's going to be pretty fun, I assume. Uh, Especially at those moments where Owen Wilson just goes full Owen Wilson. Like when he was uh, talking to the judge uh, again. Just, oh yes, there he is.
1: (laughs) Uh, We talked about this in the preview show of like, what version of Owen Wilson are we going to get? on this show and I feel like what we have is like a Wes Andersonian Owen Wilson I think that's very I'm thrilled accurate. With it. I'm I'm very pleased with it. Uh like I think that you do have the potential for this dynamic of like, you know, the buddy cop thing between Loki and Mobius. The two of them are interplaying off of each other like the dynamic between these two characters is really strong in one episode and Owen Wilson's like tone and vibe I think is really gelling well with what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing, especially in this specific moment, that there is both, like, a whimsy to Owen Wilson and sort of a, like, can't-take-this-seriously aspect to Owen Wilson in the way that, like, he often can play himself, that he's just, like, everything is so hilarious, like, this sort of detached, like, um, you know, like, foggy-eyed, high comedy uh, to the way that he often plays his characters that I think works really well, but also, like, kind of a sadness and and a weariness um that's why i say like it's it's got like this feels royal tenenbaums ish this feels life aquatic adjacent in terms of the version of owen wilson we're getting i'm happy about that i was i was definitely worried about what version of owen wilson we're going to get and i'm so glad that we're getting a version of him that is like a really fun performance but you can tell that there's real weight behind it and on top of that the mustache mustache is so good
0: Mustaches Just are the whole in, vibe is so good. There's been so many mustaches yeah. lately from Ted Lasso to um, The Haunting of Blind Manor to now Loki. Mustaches are back. Um, They're back, which you know uh, the wariness I do I do like right because there's clearly more to this character and more to his story than I think is being let on in this episode. We also know that he's a fan of Loki, right? In that amazing DB Cooper sequence,
1: which <laughs> Loki's DB Cooper is up. so
0: the funny, moment, so no, funny. <laughs> the stewardess was like Mister Cooper, so I was good. like, oh my god uh but fantastic moment um so we know he's a fan so there's a lot there for all we know also he says it's an evil loki that could just be a straight up lie like it doesn't mean these people are telling the truth constantly like he's a fan of loki and what better way to work with someone you're a fan of than lying about them so now they have to work with you or that could just be him like geeking out you know <laughs> as a way to like hang out with someone that that he's standing
1: uh because who doesn't so you, stand, gets- stand it? it's tom hiddleston <laughs> you You think it's possible that um, that the the killer Loki isn't actually Loki. You think that that hooded figure at the end of the episode may be someone unrelated.
0: I think the premise of this show means that anything is possible, right? Like that's the whole idea of like multiverse of branching realities of Loki's argument about free will, about the choices we make about you know, whether whether variants should exist and whether you should have the authority to essentially wipe them out of existence i think the idea of possibilities is is a premise of this show and so is it a possibility that he's completely lying and that's not even loki 100 percent.
1: yeah um I, I i'm i'm like an easy mark on this show because i'm just like i'm like i'm ready to take everything at face value on the loki <laughs> show that's all about deception and lies and trickery right, right. and tom tom hiddleston <laughs> foolery uh tom Fullery, yeah. what, what am i doing might say? here yes yes exactly uh that's what i was going for i just plugged in a word uh in between tom and fool i see i explained your joke that made it better i think it did i think i think it enhanced it um is there anything to uh loki uh using the tesseract and like finding his way to Mongolia. Like is there significance there do you think or is it just like to show him worlds away? I think I'm trying to figure out like is there going to be something to play with in this moment. I think it's just to show him
0: worlds away, right? And like have an interesting uh filming moment. Uh <laughs> the desert is always like a go-to I feel like for so many shows. I don't think personally I don't think that one's going to come back into play. I think obviously the other time periods are probably going to be maybe important. Um, so I think that's something to look out for. Like, what do these years mean, if they mean anything? Um, so I think there's something there to that. But there's just so much else that happened that it's hard-pressed for me to think that, like, the Mongolia setting really met something to the grander scheme. When you have a situation where you're dealing with an organization that just has piles of Infinity Stones in their drawer... Like they don't work, they're paperweights. Incredible. Like that idea is incredible. And I feel like that's the same thing to me. Like the Mongolia thing, and this is just one of those like moments to establish like smaller things. Like you say, like he's gotten away from the Avengers and he showed up in Mongolia. Uh this is how powerful this place is. It's so powerful that the most powerful objects in a Marvel universe that we established mean nothing here. I think those are just kind of like establishy beats. Um, but still worth it for like the stuff that happened. You it's still worth it for that moment of Loki saying like, I am Loki, you know, here. And then you have someone just like, who are you? You know, because they don't understand him. I think those beats are there to be like funny and stuff, but I, uh, it's worth it for me. It's worth it to just have those moments.
2: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm
1: getting into some feedback to help uh, drive the conversation a little bit more. Uh, first of all, just some thoughts from the audience regarding the premiere. Um, from from Luke, Luke writes in and says, I really liked the episode a lot. Um, it gave me a huge series of, inf- of unfortunate events vibe. Uh, and considering how much I love those books and shows, I'm super excited. Owen Wilson and Loki were both fantastic and the humor was spot on. Uh, King Adam H., uh, and writes in and says, that was really fun. Definitely a lot of exposition in the first episode, to be sure. But I think they did it the best out of the Marvel shows up to this point. I think the overall concept is really interesting. And I love how they sort of clued us in at the ground level and didn't make us wonder what's really going on a la Wanda yes. But I'm also sure that there's more going on than we've gotten to see, which preserves... The mystery. Um, we are uh, Kevin at this point three MCU shows deep into the Disney Plus MCU experiment. Um, do you feel like this uh, is uh, the strongest start? Do you disagree with that premise? Do you feel like they mostly cards up, clued us into like the basic premise of the show? Or is there like a totally different um, card to flip over as far as like even like maybe even like the origins of the TVA? Like could Owen Wilson at some point by the end of uh, this season come to realize that even he is like working for something that he doesn't fully understand?
0: I think there are cards to flip over still. And I think where this show succeeds, in my opinion, and succeeds is is, is not the right word because WandaVision was very much a success. Um, What I prefer in this show versus something like WandaVision, I think, is that. It isn't a mystery box. Um, you know, it, it's it's playing a game, I guess, is the, is a good comparison. I think for WandaVision, it's just a lot of like, here's mystery. Don't you want to know what's inside the box? What's in the box? And every now and then, you, you, they might they like let you peek inside for like a hot second, but the light reflects wrong, and you think you saw something in the box, but it's not what you saw in the box. Uh, and they didn't really give a lot of answers until the very end, and then they just pile-dumped. Um, I think for this what I like is that answers are being given they're giving you enough information that you could let your guard down and think that maybe nothing will flip over and maybe nothing does but you still feel like you're getting stuff regardless. And I think for me that's what's working and makes me excited um About the show, and of course, it, I can't say this is the strongest start objectively. Like again, this is so entirely my jam. It's like it's like feeding me a banana and like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich of being like, which one's better? And I'm just like, the PB and J. Get that
1: banana out of here! Like you're you're, you're 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 not a banana guy. You're not a
0: banana guy. You're making the wrong offer to the wrong person. You know. Yeah. Um, so I I think I can only answer <laughs> it that way. Like, is this a bet? The best start for me? Yeah. This is this is the stuff I want. Um, do I even think it's the strongest start? Not necessarily. I do think Wandavision had a very strong start because it it left you with this big mystery and curiosity that you wanted to follow. Um, but you know how that played out and what happened afterwards. You know it it varies from person to person, and, and ultimately, I do think it was a great show. But yada yada yada. I'd listen to the podcast if you want to hear the rest of that. Um, sure. But for this, it's just I don't know, man. It's fun, right? Like the the, the, the premise and potential seems to so be there. To the point that, like, if there is a mystery about, like, who is actually under the hood, um, and, you know, why is that person evil? Like, secondary.
1: It's Luke Skywalker.
0: Right, like, it's Luke Skywalker or Jason Todd, depending on what universe you're in. Um, it's it's just one of those things that I think, I'm gonna be enjoying the ride by the premise alone and based on what was given this episode, it's given me things that I could get behind. Even the things that I've seen before, like I said, like the bureaucracy of the TVA, I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for that. They are... They, they, it's like they took Kevin's brain and made the show for him.
1: um someone who's going to appreciate your Jason Todd under the hood reference is Riley. Riley writes in with some questions about the TVA. Riley says, I'll admit, with just how powerful the TVA is and the fact that they seem to imply that there's only one time stream, even though we know there's more, it's a bit frustrating. Uh, I felt like Loki at some point, so frustrated by seeming bureaucracy stifling multiversal shenanigans. The Avengers being supposed to go back in time and changing things, but Loki not supposed to grab the Tesseract, confused me. However, I suspect the TVA is going to take a beating in this show and things will change. These rules will break. We know we're going into a multiverse, and I suspect the TVA thinks they have more power than they actually do, and things are going to fall apart for them. That's Riley's prediction. I would guess, Kevin, that like you know, like the best villains, or certainly like the best villains for Kevin Mahadeo, are the ones to whom you can assign. Killmonger was right. Magneto was right. Uh, Killer Loki is right, uh, and maybe Killer Loki's deal being like. There, is it like Stop trying to say, like, we all just have to live one way. There's multiple ways to live. Like, do you expect that there's going to be, like, some kind of argument that the show is making in terms of, like, this character striking against the TVA? Either that, like, he's, like, uh, like, there's an interpretation of this version of Loki or whoever the hooded figure's events, uh, uh, actual identity is, that there's some interpretation of their agenda that is, like, relatable or understandable if not like some um card to play where it's like the tva are the ones who are who are villainous and we're gonna have to get a bunch of like loki uh we will have to assemble the loci to like fight back against the tva
0: i mean yes yes there's a lot of complication in in all of what they kind of presented when you really get philosophical about it um like let's consider what you're saying about the evil loki having a point do i think that evil loki could have a point absolutely because the point is very simple (laughs) you know the living tribunal or whatever the the timekeepers you want to call them are here like this is what the timeline is supposed to be this is what's supposed to happen people they're supposed to die the chaos is supposed to happen but then why did loki you know to riley's point why did loki wasn't able to take the Tesseract, but the Avengers are supposed to time travel. You have this idea of, like, we're going to erase other people from existence because it diverge from, quote-unquote, their path. Um, what does that mean about free will? What does that mean about freedom? What does that mean about choice? I think those are all interesting um, topics and interesting ideas and philosophies that are ingrained in us as humans to delve into when you're faced with someone like this evil Loki who very well could have a point in what they're trying to do. It gets wonky. It gets crazy because to Riley's question... Look at what Owen Wilson says, right? Well, not Owen Wilson, I guess Mobius says. Agent Mobius says, by conduits yes. of Owen Wilson, um, that everything that like we don't know just your past, we know your future. We know the choices that you're supposed to make. The future is written and preordained. And yes, everything that was supposed to happen did happen. This was inevitable. We have we're dealing with a situation where there's a higher being that's essentially allowing these these what seemingly chaos is actually order to them and mobius and the tva are acting on actions that they don't really fully know like their actions are also predetermined aren't they like all that stuff is something interesting to think about and delve into and it's certainly philosophical i mean you get into the idea of like relig- religious philosophy right like if 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 there is an all knowing all powerful being who knows that everything what you're supposed to do and 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 how it's supposed to happen then is there's not actually free will because you made the choice that was going to be made regardless so it gets weird and, and and wonky. So it's a long it's a long story short. Too late. Uh, I do think that this evil Loki could have a point railing against the TVA and what they stand for. Uh, so there's a lot of like intrigue and, and curiosity to be had from a show like this. Uh, are they going to get into the idea of like down 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 with higher powers? Because Loki, who is a god, is really not a god. The Living Tribunal could be a god uh that i don't know how deep they'll get there because they therein could lie some like weirdness uh but yeah i don't know man like yeah <laughs> like weird and rambly but i'm just so filled with energy from some of the things that are being presented that i'm just like hype this is my this is one of those shows where now i'm just like i wish it was bingeable i need it you know
1: mm, yeah no i would love to binge this one too actually i have to admit um brenna writes in uh brenna says my biggest question through this is Where were these people when the Avengers were literally doing a time heist? They seem to suggest that the Avengers doing the time heist is part of the sacred timeline. Why do they get to mess with time and Loki isn't allowed to, Kevin? Well, that's my point,
0: right? Like, I think that's such a valid question and it gets essentially answered that like, well, there's things that are supposed to happen and there's things that are not supposed to happen. But if those things did happen happen weren't they then supposed to happen i mean certainly this sort of answers some of our questions from a fan perspective like we looked at the end of endgame and we're like man they messed up a lot of stuff how are they going to fix some of the things that they screwed up and the answer is they did it <laughs> i think the, the tva fixed a lot of the the bad things that they did and recorrected moments so them being able to go back in time and not futz with reality where they thought like Yes, Captain America went back in time and stayed there and somehow fixed everything. I think we're very much left with a situation of just like, well, I don't think really he did that much, actually. I think the TVA probably cleaned up a lot of the mess. Um, So, yeah, I think think some of those answers might come, but it might be very well glossed over in the sense of just like, I don't know, destiny, fate, whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah um torby with a great point uh, it's interesting in the concept that the avengers were meant to pull off the time heist because what does that mean about steve rogers and where he went um what do you think josh it, 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 what do you think happened I mean, to Steven? <laughs> it would be great if we come uh, if we came to find out that steve rogers like spent some time in like tva jail Uh, like, if, like, Loki comes to find out that Steve, at some point during his quest to put the stones back, which could be quite the odyssey, uh, that, you know, we just don't know all about, involved some time before he went back to Peggy Carter chilling with the TVA having to like set some of that stuff right um either that or it means that Steve going to a different timeline and being with Peggy Carter was always supposed to happen uh and is part of like what is supposed to happen for that man um so what does that mean for like uh, so then so then that means that like there are multiple Peggy Carters accounted for in the sacred timeline you know what i mean like it the, the sacred timeline stuff does get a little hairy to the point where i feel like uh it has to be challenged in a way that it ultimately does fail um i do think that this is like marvel's way of like careening towards breaking its universe by like questioning the need for uh, overly serious continuity, like I think that they can like m- they can make fun of it and they can mock it and then they can like hold it under scrutiny that it doesn 't really track and by doing these things, they can then like effectively break it. So that you can someday get like John Ham as Tony Stark instead of just like voicing him on Modoc. He could be in a movie. Like they will be able to like buy their way into like totally like reshaping the MCU at some point in time.
0: Oh for sure. And you know, I, I personally obviously love the, the idea of that. I'm I'm a huge fan of the multiverse stuff. I mean, this is what DC is doing, certainly DC TV, where you can have multiple flashes and flashmans, you know, um running running across the different universe. You can have Ezra Miller and you can have Grant Gustin and it's okay. I think you're, you're seeing that happen in the DC Universe constantly because that's sort of their bread and butter, which is what Marvel seems to be trying to do here, taking the idea of the multiverse and say that it existed, that it was taken away, and now it's being brought back, I think is interesting. It could go either way, though, right? Like, we're talking about the fact that there could be a multiverse of madness, but it doesn't mean at the end of that they don't fix everything and we're back to just one timeline again. Would I love the idea of, like, multiple timelines? Of course. Will they do that? We don't know for sure. I wish they'd take a swing, but swings like that are pretty big and could scare people away. Um to which I say like just embrace the multiverse. In another universe, you already did, so you might as well do it here. Uh, you know, that's that's my philosophy on the whole thing. I say embrace it, but th- th- it it could ultimately just lead to the potential, but then like it's too chaotic. The multiverse of madness. Madness is not exactly always a great thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, your friend and mine, Sheldon. Uh, Sheldon writes in and says, This place being so strong that they're using infinity stones as paperweights, my pea sized brain couldn't <laughs> fathom. And I love it. Uh, yeah. And then Loki even has this moment where he's like, Is this the most powerful place there is? In case it's kind of like, Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's, it is fun to see like Loki feeling so powerless. Um also makes me wonder, kevin did the t v a suffer any side effects from Thanos snapping all life out of existence, or does it do you think that the t v a was like completely isolated from that incident
0: that's a real good question. Part of me feels like they could be isolated because you're seeing the effects of the tesseract and the other infinity stones have um no jurisdiction there in those on those premises, so I assume. That the snap didn't affect them in any way, which is really interesting. I mean, you have a situation where something is prohibiting the most powerful weapons in the universe from affecting them. That's crazy. Uh, like Sheldon pointed out, like you know, the the this could really uh, just break my small pea sized brain here. But what does that mean about how they got there? Who powers it? You know, we know the timekeepers What does that mean for them? Uh, is there anything beyond them? The idea of stepping up and, and, uh, stepping up your, your power levels and showing like even bigger threats is fascinating. But to an extent that just keeps begging the question of it's like, well, what's more powerful than that? And what's more powerful than that? And I think therein could very well lie madness. (laughs) The endless loop of just like, where's the bigger fish? Uh, and what is a fish?
1: And what is a fish? (laughs) Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question. Um, This is from Zach. Zach says, Miss Minutes says too many things jumping off the timeline could lead to madness and a multiversal war. I wonder where we've heard those two phrases so close together before. Um, So, do you think that this is a Doctor Strange prologue, effectively? Like, is there a world where we look at Loki as like truly essential to what's coming next with Doctor Strange.
0: There is a world for that. Uh, I'm not going to make the multiverse joke. There is a world for that for sure, and I I hope that's what we get. Uh, I really do hope that we could get something that ties into the bigger grand scheme of the Marvel cinematic universe. I think Loki is a perfect point for that. Uh, I think the distance we've had from the other shows, I think the distance we've had from the previous phase, can allow for some really, really cool stuff to be mixing and matching here. Because you also really want and I think to effectively alter like we want these shows to mean something, to really, really mean something that can affect the grander scheme of the MCU. Right now we've had a lot of character beats that don't affect the grander scheme of the MCU. That are just like so small scale and are just like, well they happen, it doesn't matter that they did or didn't, whatever. And I don't want that, you know. Look what they did here with with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I obviously am not like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, but they effectively just wiped away Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by being just like, Coulson died, and he stayed dead. And it's like, that show didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. The Netflix Marvel shows don't matter. So it will, you have a chance here to make a show that matters in a way that the previous shows hadn't. And I hope that they do.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike Bloom uh, of of I Will Eat a Snake fame. Who? Who? Mike Mike Uh, what? (laughs) mike
2: bloom
1: uh mike had noted that same thing he was said mike said i'm sad about the lack of a reveal to loki that colson's alive it would have been a great slap in the face at one sixteenth speed um but that's part of the marvel tv marvel studios dichotomy yeah i mean i think like this was as uh as much as you're gonna get uh confirmation that agents of shield is just like a totally different thing yep uh like completely different thing doesn't count anymore Um, which I know really bums a lot of people out. The TVA went Uh, back
0: and erased it from existence. They reset the timeline and fixed that problem.
1: Yeah, the Marvel TVA erased Marvel TV. (laughs) Um, It's done. Uh, Because we would have gotten that, I think. Like, this would have been the place this would have been the place where he's like, well, you tried to kill him, but actually he went on to have uh, at least seven seasons. Of it. He's like checking his notes. Wow, seven. Seven seasons of adventures. Uh, so yeah, that didn't happen in our timeline. It, it uh, didn't.
0: And um, no. it sucks for a lot of the fans of, of, of that show. I obviously wasn't one of them. But yeah, it is it is rough in a way because like you really want, and from what those shows originally promised, to have something that affected the grander scheme of the the cinematic universe and i do think there was a bit of a promise here for that for these tv shows so if they don't it will feel in a similar way like a bit of a cop-out you know
1: yeah Yep, I do. Um, One last one. This is from Jared. Uh, The Loki we see in this episode is the same Loki that becomes the person the TVA is hunting down. That's his theory. Uh, The journey that the show takes him on is going to be one of discovering free will and destroying destiny. And so he grows into the character that is trying to take down the TVA. Uh, In many time travel stories, this would certainly be the thing.
0: This would. And um, can I give a spoiler alert warning for a different show?
1: Tell me the show. Rick and Morty. Okay, so a spoiler alert is coming for Rick and Morty. Prepare accordingly. If you are not up to date on Rick and Morty, Kevin's about to spoil Rick and Morty. Go for it, Kevin. This isn't
0: something we haven't seen before, certainly in, the, in this sort of realm, and especially from a person, the showrunner, who is from the world of Rick and Morty. Uh, I believe I watched these episodes with you, Josh, where they introduced the idea of an evil Morty. And you have an evil Morty running around, right? And there's been so many fan theories about who is this evil Morty? Is this actually just a future version of our Morty who has seen what Rick has done and becomes evil? Uh There's a lot of that, I think, laid in and in, and in, in paralleled here in this storyline with a possible evil Loki. So certainly could this be a future version? Yes. Does it mean it is? No. Uh, and I'm really excited about that because I do think for Rick and Morty, stuff like that doesn't matter necessarily because that show sort of establishes that, like, those bigger mysteries aren't what the show is about. But I think they can here. I think all those things that I kind of wish sometimes that Rick and Morty did explore into, but I'm okay that it doesn't, I can get here. And that's kind of fun. That's kind of exciting to be like, oh, I'm excited to see, like, what does this mean? Like, how does this play out? Is it is it an inevitable timeline situation? Is it just an evil version from another reality who wants to bring down the TVA because of what they've done? Uh, There's so many options, so many choices, and I think it's really cool and really interesting because this is the show that's going to really play into that where Rick and Morty kind of doesn't.
1: That's the feedback. I don't have a ton more to say yet. Um, I'm I'm still kind of like I'm in like TBD on a lot of the stuff. (laughs) T B D Cooper. I I guess like that would be the thing is that like Hiddleston is so great. He clearly knows the character so well. Just like the winks and the flourishes and like the physical language that he employs playing Loki is just spectacular to watch. So I'm so glad that Marvel has found a way to like keep the character going in a way that like doesn't marginalize the death of loki i think like they um i i think through hiddleston like watching that stuff that was really powerful actually it's not that we haven't dealt with resurrection yet in the mcu we certainly you know have in in the marvel tv stuff with colson but um even with like gamora coming back in the way that she comes back in endgame like having yeah, how to, like, does catch up she get wiped people. away wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, well, no, that's supposed to happen. That's supposed to happen. Uh, so, like, uh, like the way that that is playing with, like, her having to, like, adapt to other people's expectations of her, they've lived a life with her that she doesn't know about. Um, but that was just, like, a piece of a movie. We're getting, like, the showcase here of, uh, like, Loki learning about his death, like, in a way that even WandaVision, like, really kept us at arm's length. Um, with like the mysteries about vision and how he died and how, you know, the ship of Theseus stuff. Like that was really like climactic. Uh like we're building to that material. This show is, I think, from the jump, from the ground floor, from the very first episode, sort of like dealing with like what it can look like for resurrection to take place in the MCU and like what does that mean? Like the ways in which Marvel comics or just like comic books generally can kind of fudge death. Uh, I like how they're doing it here. I'm wary of them doing it too often with too many things. Um, but I think at least in the case of Loki, who is this mythic character already, um, is uh so foundational to the MCU thanks to Hiddleston's appearance in the Thor movies um from the very start of this whole adventure. Uh that I think like this is the right character to like kind of gear up in, in that in that mode. And certainly is like a great character to explore the notions of like time and fate and destiny certainly like glorious purpose as he as he calls it like i think it's cool i think it's off to a strong start there is definitely like just like some marvel nonsense i How think like going to like some of like the highlight reel stuff like i probably could have done without um you know but i i get why it needs to happen um You know, there's definitely like the, it's all connected, man type stuff here that like separates it from being its whole entire, like complete work of art, uh, for me, at least so far. But I think that this episode probably had to do a lot of this heavy lifting in order for the next five episodes of the show to be whatever they're about to become, or at least that's my hope. My hope is that this is like, on-ramp material and now we're on the ramp this episode really effectively puts us on the ramp uh towards the craziness that it seems to be dealing with and i feel like we should all be in like a pretty good place to start hitting the ground running as soon as next week
0: i yes and that's what i really do hope i hope that like i love this episode i it had a tone i wasn't expecting especially with the heavy stuff I didn't dislike it. I really enjoyed it. But I do want them to now hit the gas pedal, you know, like Fast and Furious style, hit the NOS, like just go, go, go. Uh, And that's what I'm hoping they do. And along with Tom Hiddleston, though, I like honestly, this cast, everyone so far has been so awesome. Um, They've had me laughing. They've had me like getting emotional over some scenes. There's a lot of depth to them. Everyone's doing such a phenomenal job immediately that it really gets me pumped about the the caliber of stuff that we're about to experience, I think, as we go through. Uh, so, like, this, this premise, this episode, this first pilot, while it wasn't, like, a ton of stuff necessarily to discuss and dissect, because it was so almost straightforward setup, that what it set up, though, I think is really cool and really fun.
1: Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, Kevin, anything else you want to talk about with this episode? Or are you good? Um... I think I got everything. Uh, Should we have spent a lot of time as viewers staring out at, like, the TVA vista that Loki is staring out at? Uh, Like, like all of, like, the mechanical, future, time-wobbly-whirly, like, Mobius painting, like, incredible, like, flying hovercraft... Uh, like is there something because like the camera really lingers I mean I
0: think it was like doesn't but, yeah uh, I think it was like supposed to be like a feat of impressiveness I did find it weird that Loki was like you said there was no magic and it's just like it's not it's technology kid like I Loki knows what technology is doesn't he like that was a weird moment for me that was a weird question
1: he does they linger for a very long time I'm a little sus of that image I feel like that one is worth pouring over because we're on it for like probably like five seconds longer than you would normally imagine maybe it's wizard of um, Oz style right and it's like an illusion
0: like you like it's just on the screens and like if you like raise the window shade <laughs> it's something else completely different it's out very there.
1: suspicious that people like casey don't even know what a fish is you know like i feel like uh tva i don't trust these guys i think ultimately like uh we may come to find loki evil loki was right uh or at least partly i'm right. trying to think of a funny uh,
0: acronym but i couldn't <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's fine. We'll get there. Uh, That's episode one of Loki. We're going to be back next week with another podcast next Friday talking about episode two. Get your feedback in super at postshowrecaps.com. You can also email Kevin, Kevin at postshowrecaps.com or hit him up at Kev Mahadeo on Twitter. I'm Josh at postshowrecaps.com or at Howard. Or you can talk to both of us in the postshowrecaps, patron discord, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. Recaps I know. Kevin? Also,
0: um, even if you don't join at the, the $10 Discord level, you should join at the $5 level to get access to a lot of exclusive uh, patron-only podcast feeds, one of which just wrapped up. Melissa Woodward and I doing the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. We talked about the movies. We talked about the show. We talked about the animated series. And we just finished that and announced a brand new podcast coming your way from Melissa and I. Um, I can talk about this, right, Josh? I can say this now. Of course you can. I'm going to say it here for everyone listening. uh, We're doing a brand new series, Melissa and I, focusing on the young adult world, a series because Melissa's Canadian that we're calling YA, uh, that delves into (laughs) a lot of young adult material, uh, starting with something I've been dying to talk about on a podcast. We are going to do Twilight. I am going to be talking about the movies. It is happening. Uh, Something that you've heard me discuss on this podcast quite often. You've probably seen me talk about in the Discord if you're at that level. Uh, And now you will get to hear me talk about it on a podcast officially. If you join up at patreon.com slash posher recaps at that $5 level or anything above, you will get
1: access to glorious
0: sparkly wonder of why, eh?
1: Do you ever want to hear Kevin Mahadeo talking about vampires from Twilight, Edward Cullen, and his epic battle for uh uh what's her name? I love, Kristen Stewart. I love
0: hearing you try to talk about
1: Twilight. <laughs> Jacob the werewolf. Do you we even Renes- know his May. last name? Black? Yeah, Jacob you got Black? it.
0: Jacob Black, that's right. I
1: got it. How about that? Look at you. How about that? Uh, well, Kevin's going to be talking about Twilight and tons of other YA stuff with Melissa Woodward in the post show recaps patron feed. I believe that podcast is launching first week of July. So you've got some time. We will make sure to hype that up beyond belief once it is in your feed so you won't be able to miss it. But I'm really hyped to listen along. I'm really hyped for all things Loki. We'll be back next week talking episode two. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.